Greetings, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen, for being with us tonight uh, on our YouTube broadcast. Emmanuel West Jr., founder per se of Yahweh's Remnant Ministries. We thank you graciously for being with us. About 10 years ago, I was on uh, international radio. I preached around the world, and uh, it was a great delight. Many offers to preach here and there, much money. I, had, I was offered even a million dollars for just one of my books, like the book of Revelation. It's almost 300 pages, and you learn so much to read that one book. And then we have the book of Daniel, some other books and all. Uh, Ezra Nehemiah said the history of the church from 1844 right up to the very present. And it's just so much I've learned. I actually wrote about 24 books, and the Holy Spirit laid on my heart to condense it down. We offer nine books to the, to the, uh, uh, to the public, and when you get our books, they're very inexpensive, and it's just barely covering our costs, and uh, you'll learn so much, it's amazing. Today, you know, we just finished a study on Apostle Paul, and now we're going to go to other things. I, I love the detail teach, but there are times it takes so much time, and I, I know I can't hold my audience forever. So today I'm going to get on the book of Leviticus. And you need to know this wonderful little book called Leviticus. <clears throat> now, the word Leviticus in Hebrew is Vayikra. Vayikra, it mean, and it means the first line in the book of, of uh, Leviticus, you'll see, it says, And Yahweh called. In other words, God is calling us to come and worship with him. It, it, you know, it's kind of like, you know, you had a call of worship when you first go to church. This is what the book of Leviticus is all about. And it teaches you the importance of doing it the right way. In other words, there is a Levitical code. There's a code where you've been called to worship. But he, he ain't going to hear you with that noise. You got to do it the right way if you want to be heard of heaven. And I told a lady once, she said, well, why this and why that? I said, ma'am, if you want the blessings of heaven, if you really want the blessings of heaven, <clears throat> the, uh, the more of God's spirit, the more, more of his laws you obey, the more, the more of his spirit he'll give you. He'll teach you. The Holy Spirit will anoint your learning. And it's all about the Torah. Yes, indeed. When we talk about worship, ladies and gentlemen, we always have to go back to the 38th chapter of Job. And uh, first of all, that was Yahweh. We don't know where Yahweh came from. He existed. That's what I am that I am. That's what it means. He, he has no beginning. He has no ending. He is. Yes, he is. And the first of his creations is in the 8th chapter of Proverbs. Can you imagine the Proverbs just plain old common sense advice and all? But there's a prophetic, there are prophetic sections in the book of Proverbs. And one of the most prominent ones is in the eighth chapter of the book of Proverbs. And it's talking about, the, you just got to read that. Start in verse 24 and read to the end of that chapter. And you will see how the origin of the Holy Spirit, the Shekinah glory, in Proverbs, she is called Chokma or Kokma. And it's a feminine term. The Holy Spirit is a woman of the feminine essence of Yahweh. 
And every man, every got a wife, his wife is to be, is to be like Chalkma. She's to be like the Shekinah glory. And uh, she's special in heaven. You don't say anything against the Holy Spirit. Even if you do it accidentally, you, you're not going to be forgiven. And that's what happened. Those, that's what you call blasphemy against the Holy Ghost. So be careful when you get in these old Pentecostal churches. After we do this segment on uh, Leviticus, then we're going to go into the ancient nations or modern-day denominations. And I teach you as best I can what the Holy Spirit has taught me about these modern-day denominations, the root, the source of it, and where those uh, teachings came from. I love teaching the Bible. It's, it's an art to know how to rightly divide the Bible. I don't try to divide no one little line of the Bible or preach a sermon on that because the Bible is interconnected. And when you read something in 1 John, it will agree with something in Matthew. Read something in Matthew, it will agree with something in the book of Judges. And so the Bible is like it's an interconnected book. If you just read one little segment, a lot of people don't even know where the segments are. You get a good Bible, you'll see where it get to a certain segment and it will jump with a new idea, a new thought. Most, most Christians don't even know that. You don't just read just because it's 10th chapter of Jeremiah. Only maybe three verses in that 10th chapter apply to what you read it. But because the preachers don't take time to teach their members how to rightly divide the Bible, they're blind leading the blind. So you come on these airways to hear, bro, West. I do my best to bring you out of that darkness into the marvelous light. And so, ladies and gentlemen, after the Holy Spirit was created in, in Proverbs 8, then you go to Job 38, and you'll see where the angels were first created, and they began to praise and shout for joy. And that's what it's all about. The worship is what we call Messianic Judaism. Judaism means praise. It means praise. Messianic means we praise in the Messiah. All praise in the Bible is focused around Yeshua HaMashiach. And that's what it's about. It ain't about Joe Plow, your church down the street, this or that. The Torah, the law of Yahweh, is pointing to messages about Yeshua. And so in Job 38, you'll see where these angels were rejoicing. They were scared to go in the presence of Yahweh. And so two angels went into that closeness with Yahweh. And they formulated these rules that we call the Torah. You understand? It is not the law of Moses. You understand? It is the law of angels. Angels mean messengers of God. And so we are in a, a, a messianic code. Uh, angelic code, and it's we are humans. We too are messengers of God. That's what angel means, messengers of God. And it came long before Adam and Eve were created. They formulated these laws, and I, I love them. It's a it's a mystery to most of the law codes. They have mysteries, and we're gonna cover some of that as we study the book of Leviticus. And so that's the way you study the Bible. Yahweh was here first in Psalms ninety verse two. And the Holy Spirit came next, Proverbs 8, starting verse 24. And then the angels came next, that's in Job 38. And then they made a law code, a way to approach Yahweh. And they call it Vayikra. 
Come up, come up. I'm calling you to come. The call of worship is in the book of Leviticus. And I don't get me to preach it in here. I do love to preach too, ladies and gentlemen. But I try to teach it so you guys will learn much. Now, a lot of preachers say, well, we ain't under the law no more. And we ain't got to do that no more. So now I'm going to just give you some things that you probably need to consider. We're still under the law. And the only thing, only thing that we don't have to do anymore in the current law code is the blood of animals. Because all those sins in the law codes focus around the blood of an animal. And since when, when John baptized Yeshua, he said, Behold the Lamb of Yahweh, which taken away the sins of the world. So all of the sins and those, who can you imagine a billion angels would kill in that uh, two or four thousand years where they kill those animals, millions of animals. And uh, other prophets said, the Lord didn't desire all that. I just wonder if God didn't desire it, why in the world the world killed all these animals? They did it symbolically because they didn't understand the, the sacrificial system. And you don't either, a lot of you. Uh, so my job is try to enlighten you a little bit about how wonderful it is to be a child of God. Now, you say we're not under the law code. Well, whenever you offer incense in Psalms 142, that's a prayer. So every time you pray, you're offering the incense. Yes, the prayer of the saints is the incense of the of the Bible. Same thing they had back in in Moses' day and Joshua and all and David. They, you know, you can see the Catholic priests. They walk around shaking those incense bottles, little smoke bottles, and that was the incense. But in Psalms one forty two, it's just talking about praying. When you say your prayers, one lady told me, "I don't know how to pray." I said, "Any way you pray." If it's sincere, it's accepted in heaven. Now, Yahweh don't like vain repetitions. He don't like all that noise. But he like that sweet incense from a heartfelt prayer. I pray many a prayer in tears. I pray all night. When I was young, I'd ball up on the floor and I'd be on my knees all night. Sometimes I couldn't hardly stand up the next morning. I've had an intense life of prayer and worship with Yahweh. Humorous guy and all, but the pain of my life never ceases. I'm, I have pain, number one, because I wish I was with my Savior. And number two, <coughs> number two, I wish you guys could understand the beauty of Messianic Jewish worship. And we're going to learn it because the Bible said we're going to have a church without spot or wrinkle. And so, ladies and gentlemen, we come to this, uh, the next thing, when you lift your hands up, you, you know, you go to church and they lift their hands up in Psalm 142, that's called the benediction, when you lift your hands up. So, you know, when church is closed out, they have the evening people raise their hands at the speaker, and that's called, that's called the evening prayer, you understand? Then sometimes you have members of the church and they need a little correction, they need somebody to straighten them out. In, in, in Psalms uh, 141, verse 5, it says that is the holy anointing oil. So when you bring brothers back together, they've been fussing and not liking each other, that's called the holy anointing oil. Yes, indeed. And then when you, when you uh, 
brother and have a when you got some churches everybody on the same page and you know you'll see that a lot in the Church of Christ. Uh, I've worshipped with all kind of people. There are some groups that are that that are very united. They have a lot of unity, but they don't have the right doctrines. But that also is called a holy anointing, a rich anointing oil when your church is one. Yes, indeed. That's in Psalm 133. How good and pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together. It's unity. It's unity. So get your church on the same page, my brethren. Then you, whenever they uh, say, well, we got to offer this animal for our sins, an unblemished animal. And that's just talking about when you are born again, you are unblemished. Your sins are covered by the blood of Yeshua. So everybody that's born again, you are a perfect animal by the blood. And so when you get go get one of these members, you tell them your problems, your sins, that's often an unblemished animal. That's all it means. And people say, well, we ain't under that no more. Well, brother, we're in bad shape if we're not under these law codes because it covers everything, everybody. I've, I've been in unblemished animals to members in different churches I've been in, and I'm sure some of you have. And you were born again, you try to turn them to the cross. That's all that means. And that's in Ephesians, the fifth chapter, the 26th verse. And then whenever they killed those animals, they had to wash it before they, before they uh, offered the animal. They would wash the sacrifice. Now again, that's in Ephesians 5, 26. That's in John 15, verse 3. And then uh, also in that ancient sacrificial system, sometimes they would eat the sacrifice. Most of the time the sacrifices went to the leaders of the church. And that's just talking about like... Uh, in the Seventh-day Adventist Church, for instance, they they uh, they have conferences, and they keep a record of the various uh, events that happen in the church that week. Every church is supposed to have a system of, uh, of, of overseers. In other words, like in the Baptist Church, everybody do what they want. Every Baptist church is slightly different, and that's not good. You're supposed to have a structure like the uh, Seventh Adventists will say, or Jehovah Witness and all. You have to, everybody in the church answer to everybody in the church. Church don't belong to no pastor or the pastor vision. The vision is in this book we read here, the book of Leviticus. It tells us how to come into God's presence, and that's what we want you to learn how to do. And so when you uh, watch the sacrifice, it's talking about, you know, when the preacher, he's preaching, he says, He's washing you with the washing of the word. So the word of Yahweh, good preaching, cleans you up. And that's what that means. And then uh, eating the sacrifice. So some of those offerings, they actually ate it. The priest ate it, and the man who offered the sacrifice, he would eat it. And uh, that was just talking about analyze the sermon. You hear a good sermon, and you analyze that. And uh, that's just talking about eating the sacrifice. And so, ladies and gentlemen, who you know that ain't doing these things? We all keeping the law. We all keeping the law. And another thing about those ancient sacrifices, they had to burn the skin, the blood, and the fat. So, ladies and gentlemen, that just means the internal organs are not to be consumed. That means whatever I've done in the dark years ago, 
What have I done in secret? That's between me and God. He's forgiven me for my sins. And so it's not, none, none, nobody's business. It's okay for somebody when they join the church, they tell a little bit about what they've done in that world, but they're not supposed to just uh, don't skin the blood and the fat. They're not supposed to consume that. Let the, let the past be the past. And you shouldn't be rejoicing over your past sins. Ain't nothing pretty about you dating 300 women or dropping babies there with your wife. Nothing pretty about it. You don't have to tell all that. Just tell a little bit about how you failed and how the grace of God picked you up. I remember years ago, uh, at that time, I was with my second wife. She had three kids. I had my custody of my three kids. And we had another child that moved in with us. So I was taking care of seven children at the time. And one day, I used to love chicken livers. And uh, one day, one of the children said, say, Daddy, you, you don't know. We're not supposed to eat internal organs. And I guess I, it just didn't dawn on me. Time she said it's like the Holy Spirit convicted me. I took those chicken livers, threw them in the trash. That was uh, about 1987, and I haven't eaten the one since. So when you learn the truth, make some uh, quick changes, make some rapid changes, and and do what you learn. It's not hard to put away the skin, the blood, and the fat. That's what's killing you. You you're gaining weight and you're losing your pretty body figure. It's because you eat a lot of pork. You do that. So when you obey the Torah, not only did it keep you healthy, it would also make you wealthy. And it would make you wise as well. Yes, indeed. So I just want to give you a setting today uh, for, the, for the Torah, for Vayikra. And in Job 38, when those angels were afraid to come into the presence of Yahweh, two angels went up into his presence, and that was Yeshua, and that was Lucifer. It was the devil. Those two angels went into the presence of Yahweh. They formulated these rules that we, we have today in the Torah, and the overseer of that great covenant they made was done by Yeshua. You find that in Galatians, the third chapter, verse uh, 19 and 20. In other words, there's a mediator between. In other words, uh, you're going to have some kind of event, and you have one guy to oversee that event. And so it was when they made the Torah. One angel, out of all the billions of angels, one angel was chosen to oversee the finalizing of those law codes. And it was Yeshua. I can imagine that Dale was angry at that. He was always jealous of Yeshua. He was on one side of the throne, and Yeshua was on the other side. And so he was, a, the word Samuel was his original name. And Samuel means one who listens well. He, he could intelligently hear things. But the devil wasn't listening because he wanted to be a good angel. He was trying to figure out how to overthrow the throne of Yahweh. And so that's how it all began. This law code we love is called the Torah. It was conceived by the angels who saw the majesty of Yahweh. And uh, one of those angels, he went astray. But you see that golden chest where Yahweh sits invisibly over that Ark of the Covenant. That Ark of the Covenant has two angel figures on the top of that, that cover. And I, I personally believe that they were pointing to 
Yah, Yeshua, and to Lucifer, who was Samuel. So it was, his name was, uh, it was uh, Yeshua and uh, the devil who was uh, formulated right there. So, see, when we get over yonder, when we get to heaven, uh, we're going to have a different kind of law code. It won't be no memory of the devil, his sins, the Antichrist, Paul, anybody else. We're going to be a whole new order. That'll be after the end of 7,000 years. Right now, we have to have a law code how to approach Yahweh and to come into his presence. Now, this is just a little simple introduction to this wonderful law code, Yikra, and Yahweh has called us to worship by these rules we're going to start studying, and you're going to enjoy what it means. We love you today, and we thank you for being here today for this wonderful presentation. Uh, I'd be so glad when they get the heavy anointing, when the coming come, or the volcano's going to erupt, and then I will be able to preach to you under the heavy anointing of heaven. And I won't need a microphone. I won't need a setup as we have today currently. Uh, nobody will be able to charge this ministry any money. That's in in the book of uh, Ezra, the 7th chapter, Ezra 7 through 12, or through 10, that's talking about the ministry of the two witnesses. And I will come in, one of my first things I must do is restore ancient marriages. You're going to have to go back to your first husband, your first wife. So thank you for listening, ladies and gentlemen, for the wonderful story we have about this angelic code, Vayikra. Come on up. Come on up, let's worship. Let's do it the right way. And when we study this, you're going to be amazed that a lot of churches are already keeping these law codes. They just didn't know they are. But there are some things I will have to teach you to make sure we're on the same page. And uh, we hope that you just stay with us. Yes, indeed. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, I have enjoyed teaching the Bible since a young man. I would teach, I would hide, because I knew the time of my showing was not yet come. I had no idea I would have to wait 62 years of my life to preach. I thought by now y'all would have forgot about me. But I have been, uh, I have been uh, favored in heaven, so much so that in the fifth chapter of Daniel, they made me the third in the kingdom. That may be hard for some of you to realize that it's so. In other words, I'm, I'm directly on the Yeshua. Yeshua is directly on the Yahweh. Women aren't kind of. The Holy Spirit, the Shekinah glory, is not kind of, even though she's included as one of the Trinity. But they don't count women in uh, biblical books. And uh, that lets you know your wife don't need to be out there working with these wolves in the street. You need to take care of that woman. You need to honor her, take care of her. That's what all this stuff about this incense and that anointing oil. Your wife is special. She's supposed to be beautiful in the eyes of your uh, friends and all. So thank you, ladies and gentlemen, so much for being with us. Uh, we're going to have a great time starting on our next session. We're going into the book of Vayikra, Leviticus. May you learn much. Shabbat Shalom. <laughs>